Hey guys, welcome back to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. In today's episode, my intention is to create some context and provide a different perspective considering our current state of affairs with the coronavirus. And I'm going to use the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl as a vehicle to try to do that. And so um, of all the episodes I've done, this is episode number 59. This is probably the most important um, considering the state of affairs. And it's important that we keep things in perspective. And this is an opportunity for me to reread the book. This is the second time I've read this book and it's one of the top five books I've ever read. And it's important that we use this book to remind us and give us a perspective of what's important, what we've been through in the past, to use that as a framework to put this in perspective, what we're going through today. So World War II, 60 million people died. And depending on your age, our parents, grandparents, or great-grandparents were called off to go fight in this war to protect our country, to risk their lives. And here we are asked, being asked by our government to stay indoors for a couple of weeks and utilize technology and just not congregate, congregate with more than 10 people. Binge on Netflix, whatever it is. So it kind of puts things in perspective what our country was going through back in the 1940s versus what we're going through now. 60 million people dying in World War II. And let me make it very clear. I'm not undermining and I'm not being naive to what we're going through today. And I want to acknowledge that what we're going through is very uncomfortable and it's different and it's causing a lot of fear and angst and anxiety, whether it's fear of economic situations, fear of financial insecurity, um, the fear of the unknown. Yet what happened back in the 40s after we won World War II, the 1950s was the greatest boom in our history of our country. The abundance, the financial security, the growth, economic impact. And so it's important that we all keep that in perspective with what we're going through today, keeping World War II in perspective of how many people lost their life. And Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. He wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Holocaust survivor. He was in the concentration camps for over three years. And he was a psychiatrist. And 
this book, which I'm going to recap and overview and use as a vehicle to shine a light, was the one thing that kept him alive, that gave him hope during the atrocities. He saw, Viktor Frankl saw the worst human atrocities in the history of the world in concentration camps. And so his perspective is very unique. And so he had the opportunity, he was in Vienna, he had the opportunity to leave and escape before the Nazis came to come to the U.S. and to be protected. Yet he chose to stay back in Vienna to take care of his family and his parents. Ended up getting hauled off. 1,500 prisoners traveling by train to Auschwitz, the worst concentration camp. 80 prisoners per train car stacked on top of each other, forced to stand for days and nights at a time in route. One five-ounce piece of bread only was the food that they were given during those four days. That's how Viktor Frankl's journey started. This is before he even arrived at Auschwitz. And Auschwitz, the very name, stood for all that was horrible. Gas chambers, crematoriums, massacres. Prison number 119104. Didn't have a name or identity. That was what his life was reduced to, a prison number. He writes, it was my turn. Somebody whispered to me that to be sent to the right side would mean work, the way to the left being for the sick and those incapable of work who would be sent to a special camp. I just waited for things to take their course, the first of many such times to come. My haversack weighed me down a bit to the left, but I made an effort to walk upright. The SS man looked me over, appeared to hesitate, then put both his hands on my shoulders. I tried very hard to look smart, and he turned my shoulders very slowly until I faced right, and I moved over to that side. The significance of the finger game was explained to us in the evening. It was the first selection, the first verdict made on our existence or non-existence. For the great majority of our transport, about 90%, it meant death. Their sentence was carried out within the next few hours. Those who were sent to the left were marched from the station straight to the crematorium. This building, as I was told by someone who worked there, had the word bath written over its doors in several European languages. On entering, each prisoner was handed a piece of soap and then, but mercifully, I do not need to describe the events which followed. Many accounts have been written about this horror. We who were saved, the minority of our transport, found out the truth in the evening. I inquired from prisoners who had been there for some time where my colleague and friend had been sent. Was he sent to the left side? Yes. Then you can see him there, I was told. 
Where? A hand pointed to the chimney a few hundred yards off, which was sending a, a column of flame up into the gray sky of Poland. It dissolved into a sinister cloud of smoke. That's where your friend is, floating up to heaven. But I still did not understand until the truth was explained to me in plain words. This is Viktor Frankl's journey. Yet, the purpose of this podcast episode and me talking about the book is not to talk about and not focus on the human atrocities. It's a message of hope and love that I'm going to focus on next. And Frederick Nietzsche has a couple of quotes I'm going to reference. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. That which does not kill me makes me stronger. To live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. Those are all quotes that Viktor Frankl references in this book that are very relevant. So during his time in the concentration camp, Viktor Frankl talks about the things that got him through. The difference of why he made it and others didn't. He had a 3.5, 3.5% chance of living, 1 in 28. He says, a thought transfixed me. This is during his time in the concentration camp. A thought transfixed me. For the first time in my life, I saw the truth as it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom by so many thinkers. The truth that love is the ultimate and highest goal to which man can aspire. Then I grasped the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world may still know bliss, be it only for a brief moment in the contemplation of his beloved. In a position of utter desolation, when man cannot express himself in positive action, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, an honorable way, in such a position man can, through loving contemplation of the image he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. For the first time in my life, I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. That was Viktor Frankl as he was thinking and dreaming about his wife as he was slaving through the concentration, the concentration camp, the labor, the, 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 the hard, hard labor and the brutal conditions. He says that in reference to thinking about his wife. He would think about all the happy memories with his wife, looking forward to seeing her again. And it's important to note his parents, brother, and pregnant wife all perished. And he was the lone survivor of his family. Yet, 
that hope and thinking about his wife was part of the 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 way Viktor Frankl was able to endure his conditions. Speaking of love being so important. And I think the most important part and the real reason of this episode is to illustrate something that if you hear one thing in this episode, I want you to hear this. This is the focus. Viktor Frankl says, in attempting, in attempting this psychological presentation and psychopathological explanation of the typical characteristics of a concentration camp inmate, I may give the impression that the human being is completely and unavoidably influenced by his surroundings. In this, case, in this case, the surroundings being the unique structure of camp life, which forced the prisoner to conform his conduct to a certain set pattern. But what about human liberty? Is there no spiritual freedom in regard to behavior and reaction to any given surroundings? Is that theory true, which would have us believe that man is no more than a product of many conditional and environmental factors, be they of a biological, psychological, or sociological nature? Is man but an accidental product of these? Most important, do the prisoner's reactions to the singular world of concentration camp provide that man cannot escape the influences of his surroundings? Does man have no choice of action in the face of such circumstances? Viktor Frankl goes on to say, we can answer these questions from experience as well as on principle. The experiences of camp life show that man does have a choice of action. This is really important, guys. There were enough examples, often of a heroic nature, which proved that apathy could be overcome, irritability suppressed, man can preserve a vestige of spiritual freedom, of independence of mind, even in such terrible conditions of psychic and physical stress. We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And there were always choices to make. Every day, every hour, offered the opportunity to make a decision, a decision which determined whether you would or would not submit to those powers which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom, which determined whether or not you would become the plaything of circumstance renouncing freedom and dignity to become molded into the form of the typical concentration camp inmate. He says, fundamentally, therefore, 
Any man can, even under such circumstances, decide what shall become of him, mentally and spiritually. He may retain his human dignity even in a concentration camp. It can be said that they were worthy of their sufferings. The way they bore their suffering was a genuine inner achievement. It is this spiritual freedom, which cannot be taken away, that makes life meaningful and purposeful. I'm going to go back and reread that one more time. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. No matter what happens in life, coronavirus, concentration camp, whatever is happening around us, we always have the last of the human freedoms to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances, no matter what. To respond consciously versus reacting unconsciously. If you hear only one thing on this episode, please hear that. Life happens for us, not to us. And I really believe, again, acknowledging all the fear and anxiety and uncertainty with our current state of affairs, I truly believe this is an opportunity for all of us to pivot, to reset, to reprioritize, refocus, rearrange our values and what's most important in our life, give us a fresh perspective on where we're spending our time and energy and what we're giving our energy and time to. So Viktor Frankl in this book, he knew there was a higher purpose. There was a reason for his suffering. He chose to stay hopeful with the thought of his wife. He knew he had a manuscript for this book that he was being called to write that gave him the courage to withstand the worst human suffering known to man. His attitude and his perspective The ones that lost hope died. In the book, he talks about within 48 hours, they would be able to identify which inmates gave up hope 
And within 48 to 72 hours, those inmates would die because they gave up hope. Victor Frankl says, those who know how close the connection is between the state of mind of a man, his courage and hope or lack of them, and the state of immunity of his body will understand that the sudden loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect. The ultimate case of my friend's death, who his friend in the book had a dream that he told Victor Frankl about, that they would be in February 1945, he tells Victor Frankel, I had a strange dream. A voice told me that I could wish for something, that I should only say what I wanted to know, and all my questions would be answered. In his dream, he says, I wanted to know when we and our camp would be liberated and our sufferings come to an end. He said, February 1945. They did not get liberated in February 1945. On March 13th, he died. Victor Frankel's friend who told him about the dream. So Victor Frankel says, the ultimate cause of my friend's death was that the expected liberation did not come and he was severely disappointed. This suddenly lowered his body's resistance against the latent typhus infection that was going around camp. His faith in the future and his will to live had become paralyzed, and his body fell victim to illness, and thus the voice of his dream was right after all. When Victor Frankl was inspiring his fellow inmates and giving them words of encouragement, he said, So I began by mentioning the most trivial of comforts first. I said that even in the, this Europe, in the sixth winter of the Second World War, our situation was not the most terrible we could think of. I said that each of us had to ask himself what irreplaceable losses he had suffered up to then. I speculated that for most of them, these losses had been really few. Whoever was still alive had reason for hope. Health, family, happiness, professional abilities, fortune, position in society, all these were things that could be achieved again or restored. After all, we still had our bones intact. Whatever we had gone through could still be an asset to us in the future. And he quotes, Frederick Nietzsche, that which does not kill me makes me stronger. Finally, liberation does come. And in the last paragraph of the book, Victor Frankl says this, the crowning experience of all for the homecoming man 
is the wonderful feeling that after all he has suffered, there is nothing he need fear anymore except his God. And there's one more part of the book I want to reference that's, I think, it's just as important. He talks about this idea of, you know, after the war, he gets liberated. He writes this book, Man's Search for Meaning. He's a, well, he's a world-renowned psychiatrist. And he talks about his private practice, sharing his gifts and his experiences with all of his clients and people throughout the world in his writings and his lectures. And he says this, thus it can be seen that mental health is based on a certain degree of tension, the tension between what one has already achieved and what one still has ought to accomplish or the gap between what one is and what one should become. Such attention is inherent in the human being and therefore is indispensable to mental well-being. He goes on to say, to say what man actually needs is not a tension, tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal, a freely chosen task. What he needs is not the discharge of tension at any cost, but the call of a potential meaning waiting to be fulfilled by him. What man needs is not homeostasis, but what I call the exist, existential, existential dynamics in a polar field of tension where one pole is represented by a meaning that is to be fulfilled and the other pole by the man who has to fulfill it. And what that means to me this tension that we're facing right now in our current state of affairs. Coming from somebody like Viktor Frankl, who saw the worst human atrocities in the history of the world, talking about how important tension is in our life. The gap of where we are now to what we want to become. That's why I see this as an opportunity for all of us, this tension that we feel, an opportunity to, opportunity to pivot, to refocus, to reset, to write the book that we've been putting off, to start the side hustle that we've been so passionate about, but we've been procrastinating, the difficult conversations with loved ones that we've been putting off. Spending times, spending quality time with loved ones, picking up the phone and FaceTiming somebody we haven't talked to in a long time. Whatever it is, an opportunity to choose our attitude. The last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. This is a, your opportunity and my opportunity, our opportunity to choose to see 
the light versus the dark, hope versus despair, calm versus chaos, love versus hate. It's our choice in every moment. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please share this with as many people as possible. Now more than ever, people need to hear a message of hope, but a message of that puts things into perspective of what we've been through in the past. And we've got through it, not just survived, but thrived to meet calamity with serenity. That's the opportunity to double down to go all in on yourself. And I am here for you if you guys need anything at all. Again, please share this if this had a positive impact in your life. Be the positive ripple effect that we all need to be the light, to vibrate high and shine bright. I appreciate you guys so much. Sending everybody lots of love, positive vibes, and big hugs. Until next time, guys. Peace.